Well, things are weird out there. And now more than ever, we need honest conversations that transcend the hype, uncertainty, and panic. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is a special episode of What Works. Normally on What Works, we talk with small business owners about what's actually working for them. Not the hype about starting or growing a small business, but the reality of how marketing, sales, systems, and management work on a day-to-day basis. But in this episode, I wanted to have an honest conversation with three business owners I love and respect about the impact the COVID-19 pandemic is having on their businesses and what they expect that impact to be in the coming months. Now, I've personally had to make difficult choices this week, as well as leading our digital community through this uncertainty. And the stress of the uncertainty is real. And while I know that nothing beats an actual conversation with another human being, I also know that often the next best thing is listening into a conversation between people you can trust. So that's what I wanted to bring you today. I invited Jaquette Timmons, Lauren Caselli, and Autumn Whit Boyd to talk with me about their experience so far, the impact they're experiencing now, and how they're preparing for the future, plus what they're both fearful of and optimistic about. Jaquette Timmons is a financial behaviorist, the host of More Than Money, and a sought-after speaker on how our choices impact our money. Lauren Caselli is the founder of Lauren Caselli Events, a boutique events planning agency specializing in events for the tech sector. Autumn Whit Boyd is the founder of the AWB Firm, a law practice that works with small business owners on intellectual property, contracts and agreements, and employment. Now, our goal was to give you a look at what we're thinking about and how we're approaching taking care of business and taking care of ourselves in this uncertain time. You'll hear about the ripple effects we're considering, the legal gray area we're navigating, the way we're planning for the short and long term, and you'll hear about the emotional impact we're dealing with. One last thing before we dive into this conversation, this conversation was planned in about 24 hours and we wanted to turn it around fast. And in the process, we had some tech mishaps at the beginning of the recording. So we ended up recording on a platform that doesn't have the sound quality you're used to hearing on What Works. My hope is that you'll value the conversation enough to forgive us the lower fidelity. Now, let's kick things off with the person feeling the most acute impact of the pandemic right now, event organizer Lauren Caselli. We primarily work with technology and SaaS clients. Um, we also work with venture capital firms, and we primarily do gatherings between 50 and 350 people. However, we have been taking on some academic clients and had a large 4,500-person conference, uh, March 26 through 28, that was canceled within 24 hours of us recording this on a Friday. So, um, yeah, so it's very real, and um, I think you know, obviously, in the last week, you. You know, again, uh, in the last two weeks, this uh, COVID-19 was not even something that we were talking about seriously at our meetings. It was like a five minute sort of like, this is a bummer you know, we'll keep an eye on it. And then like business as usual. And then within the last 10 days, um, I've probably emailed all of my clients, um, sort of making game plans and timelines and reviewing contracts. And it's been um, quite a learning experience for me personally, um, but also uh, just being in in the industry that is probably among the top three industries that are being hit the most hard. Um, you know, e-commerce is being hit hard and travel is being hit hard and hospitality and events are, are quite... Um, quite uh, immediately impacted by all of this. So um, yeah, so just uh, right now, again, people are like, what's your action plan? And I'm like, right now, it's sort of a like, hold in place, evaluate, um, 
and and take a big pause, which is hard. I, I appreciate you kind of um, speaking to the timeline of this as well, because that's also been something that I have felt very acutely having, I, I told the story before we started hitting record, but I'm going to tell it again now. Uh, you know, Monday morning, I posted to our group that we were supposed to be having a retreat with in a couple of weeks. Hey guys, still on. You've all told me you don't want this to get canceled. Um, and we're, we're planning to plow ahead. Let me know though, please, if you have any concerns or questions or, or anything that you need to know or any precautions that you want us to take, let me know. And it was within two to three hours of posting, posting that message that I had a pretty strong sense that we were going to have to change course. Um, and so, yeah, the, the whiplash of this has been crazy making. Um, Jaquette, speaking of whiplash, the markets are whiplashing. Uh, and as our resident money expert, uh, (laughs) what kind of impact are you feeling right now? Well, actually, I'm feeling it on both ends because I was actually scheduled to speak at a conference next week. Mm. And that did not get canceled until last night, which Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. So up until then, much like you, you know, we were in communication and they're like, no, we're moving forward. These are all of the, you know, precautions that we're putting into place. And so, yeah, I was expecting to uh, be getting on, you know, getting on transit and heading down. Um, the good thing though, for me, in terms of the event is that while it was canceled for next week, they are still planning to do it. And so they're going to do it at a later point in the year, which for me is fortunate, but I know other people that have been booked for speaking engagements and those things are booked without anything on the radar around, you know, when it might be rescheduled. So I'm feeling it on that end. And then in terms of the stock market and how crazy it is. You know, I have the benefit of having, uh, you know, seen up close and personal the stock market crash of 87. That's what got me interested in whole, the whole behavioral finance and economic space and seeing 2008. So um, I have a different reaction to it from the standpoint of I know that if you don't need the money right now and you just stay the course, you will be okay. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't negate the fact that, you know, people are feeling a little bit nervous. Um, but, you know, personally, I have not checked my accounts because I don't want to see how much I've lost. But I also know I don't need to tap into it. So I, I have the assurance of that. But, you know, again, if, if you don't have to tap into it, you can leave it alone and you'll be okay. But the up and down um, is absolutely unsettling. And I think the thing I would also remind people is that even though the last couple of weeks have been really crazy, and yes, we are now in quote unquote bear territory, we still haven't lost as much in a single day as we did on the single day in 87. Mm. So for historical perspective, if that helps anybody to feel better. I love a historical perspective. So I think that's great. (laughs) Are you getting calls from clients? Are you getting concern from, from people you're working with? From not from my clients, because I'm no longer managing money. Mm. So, you know, because my focus when with my one-on-one work is more of the coaching consulting mm-hmm. piece, I'm not, I'm not getting those kinds of calls. I am getting those kinds of questions though from colleagues. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I am getting those. And so I, all, like I, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, 
I'm thinking of buying this bond. And I'm like, well, why? (laughs) Why do you want to buy the bond? What does the rest of your portfolio look like? And is this something that you want to do within a retirement account or outside of it? Because that's really going to dictate what may make the smartest move for you. So no clients, uh, no coaching clients are calling me about this, but friends and colleagues have, you know, definitely expressed their concern. Autumn, uh, I know you said you've been on the phone all day with your clients. What kind of impact are you feeling right now as our resident legal expert? Yeah. So my law firm works primarily with online business owners, uh, a lot like Tara's business and a lot of them do live events. And so that's a huge part of their business, huge part of their revenues. Um, so I have all week been fielding questions, um, about, you know, should we cancel? And if we cancel, what is the impact of that? What are my responsibilities both to attendees, to our vendors, to the venue, you know, can we get out of these contracts? Are we going to lose, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars for some of the really large events or more, Um, you know, not even counting the attendee fees that may have to be refunded. Um, But, you know, a lot of these contracts are what I would call really like just brutal um, as far as locking you in with very little wiggle room for cancellation. So I've been looking at a lot of what we call force majeure or impossibility, act of God clauses. Um, And right now it's just a very gray area. So you know, a lot of these contracts are written in very vague terms. And so they're kind of up for interpretation. Um, so it, it is definitely, it's evolving really quickly. And I was saying before we hit record, I feel like yesterday, you know, recording this on Friday, March 13th, I feel like yesterday it got really real. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. state of emergency was declared here where I live in Tennessee. And um, it just kind of went from, oh, this is probably a good idea to we really don't have a choice about this. So I'm yeah. hopeful that, you know, my advice to my clients has been, there's a human on the other side. And we are all dealing with this. Like none of us are happy about this. Hopefully no one is going to be a terrible human. And, you know, if there is some wiggle room, hopefully we can all extend each other grace and figure out a way that whether it's rescheduling, whether it's just trying to minimize everybody's damages, you know, we can find a path through this. So before we, you know, the contract is our starting point, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the end point. You know, there, there yeah. may be some, some other ways to get through this. Yeah. I want to come back to the, the force majeure and the act of God thing, because we were talking about that in our morning meeting. I was like, I'm going to ask Autumn, what exactly <laughs> constitutes an act of God? <laughs> Just mostly because that's a funny question, but also because I want to know. But Lauren, I mean, you're the one that's dealing with the repercussions of these contracts and the, you know, that, that piece of the puzzle, almost like a, you're almost like a go-between in so yeah. many ways. When we're thinking about some smaller conferences, like, you know, hundred, hundred, a few hundred thousand dollars, there's a huge loss, but um, a lot of my clients are, you know, spending over a million dollars and the events industry itself is, a, you know, has lost over a billion dollars in two weeks. It's 10% of the entire. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, South by Southwest has been canceled and um, it's a trillion dollar industry, but you know, in two weeks with 10, you know, you know, a billion dollars in lost revenue is it's really significant. And so when you're thinking about, you know, what, you know, I know there's, you know, weddings, lots of different types of events, but when you're thinking about the amount of businesses that this is impacting in the hospitality industry, I mean, we're talking swag and e-commerce, we're talking transportation, bus vendors, we're talking food, people, you know, our, our team ordered all of the food. And so now that's a huge loss that they have to take for 4,500 people over three days. Um, so I think, uh, the, you know, this industry has 
has many, you know, I have, you know, similar to you, Jaquette, um, I have a, you know, a call that I had yesterday with someone who designs websites for speakers and all of his clients have put their projects on hold. So I think, you know, immediately a lot of us are thinking, well, it doesn't affect my industry, but it's really sort of far, farther reaching. And I think, you know, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I do think that um, in the immediate short term, um, a lot of us are thinking about specific industries, but I do think it's going to have some ripple effects in um, how we're all looking at our bottom lines as business owners as well. So when we're going to get to that, because the ripple effects are just so very real. And like you said, I mean, it's when you start thinking about, well, this thing impacts this person and this thing impacts this person and this thing impacts this person. Like you can see those ripple effects happening so fast. And so someone like me who, honestly, I look at my two business models and I'm like, I am in good shape here. And are my customers in good shape? Can they afford to keep paying us? Time will see. And I'm planning for those things. And we'll get to planning here in a little bit. Um, But the the ripple effects are really real and and definitely affecting preparation. Um, So Autumn, I do want to come back to you and talk through specifically, like if we are someone who's in a position that's reviewing a contract, whether we're an event organizer, a host, or a speaker, or an attendee, what should we be thinking about or how can we interpret those documents so that we understand sort of what kind of position we're in right now? When you're looking at the documents, I mean, just the couple of things you want to look for are, you know, what are the cancellation terms? Mm-hmm. What are, or it may be called termination, you know, just how can either side get out of the contract? Um, look for the word refund or non-refundable. Um, and then that act of God, force majeure, sometimes it's called impossibility term. Um, but like Lauren was saying, we haven't had one of these in a really long time. Um, and we've certainly never had one that's been a pandemic in recent history. So um, these are all really open. I had, um, this was not one of my clients, but I was speaking with another lawyer who was negotiating one of these contracts with a hotel. And the hotel said that their policy was, unless it was, um, you know, a government had declared it as zone, uh, zone two or level two, you know, prohi- basically prohibiting travel to a, a region, they were not going to consider it an act of God. Now that's not in the contract. Right. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that, that, that's not what we agreed to, but, but these, these, contracts are really open-ended. So I'm sure, especially with the larger contracts, there will be some lawsuits and we will, you know, have some businesses that go under because of it, which is awful. But again, I'm hoping that, you know, we can negotiate, we can reach resolutions that don't require us to go to court from, for hopefully most of our small businesses, at least. It, it seems to me that communication right now is like really key. We've got to be talking to each other. We've got to be open and honest about our own situations, our loved ones' situations, financial impact, things like that. From that standpoint of open communication, is there anything that we need to be thinking about in terms of protecting ourselves? The more you can put in writing, the better. Always like an email um, is helpful. And I would say, don't put anything in an email that you wouldn't want to go in front of a judge. <laughs> That's, mm. That is my, um, so, you know, I think emotions can run high where there's a lot of fear and panic right now. So just the more that you can be thoughtful and, um, you know, not put things in an email that you might regret bubbling up later. If, if there is a dispute. Jaquette, I want to come back to you, um, to kind of kick off thinking through, planning. Um, mm-hmm. Planning from a personal finance perspective, planning from a business finance perspective. Let's take a look at the short term first um, be- 
because there's such a high level of anxiety um, just in this immediate moment where while so many things are uncertain and changing so fast, what are you personally thinking through in terms of short-term planning and preparation? A couple of things. You know, I think one of the benefits of having had as many years as I did in corporate America is you you know, if you haven't gone through a business continuity plan <laughs> process listening to this, um, know that they can be really helpful uh, even as a small business owner. And so thinking through from an operational standpoint, you know, what if something does indeed happen? If I get sick or if mm-hmm. Melissa gets sick, like how does the business continue if, if, if that happens? That's on the operational piece. Then on the financial piece, I think there are a, a few layers to it. It is um, you know, what am I, like, what's my runway? But then it's also the consideration of, especially with those that are in the pipeline that are actively in the pipeline, what, what's their consideration and what, what might be the reason that they may pull back. So I'm not so much concerned about the people that have already committed and they're already in it, but Mm -hmm. those people that you've had discovery calls with, and you're still waiting for them to make a decision are they now going to push things on pause? And so then what do you do um, as a potential response to that? So I think looking at it, it is looking at operationally, you know, what do I need to be mindful of in the short term? How does that impact maybe some long-term decisions? And then financially, I think it's three, it's three different columns, if you will. It's what do you have in terms of your current runway um, who are your clients and how might they be impacted? Mm-hmm. And then what's your, you know, potential next step if they are going to be negatively impacted, which to some degree, I think everybody will be, but to what, you know, to what degree might they then begin to change their buying behavior? And I would also say that one of the things I think this is really reminding us is we have to acknowledge if you're feeling panicky but at the same time, uh, perhaps adjust your mindset and your mind frame from returning to and really figuring out what's going to be the new normal. Mm-hmm. Because I think what this is really doing, it's interrupting so many different things that if we keep thinking that we're going to go back to what was familiar, that might even actually cause even more panic and more stress because we need to really adapt to a new reality. Lauren, when you think about adapting to a new normal, what does that, have you thought about yet what that might look like for you? So one of the things, and we can talk about this kind of more practically in the immediate short term, and Autumn might have some insight on this. So one of the things that I am looking at, especially with my clients, is um, specifically is event insurance. So for mm. them, if they have event insurance and they do, they can claim force majeure, and Autumn, I don't know specifically about how this works, but sometimes that can activate their event insurance and that it protects them a little bit more. So that's definitely something that, um, because I work with corporate clients, 90 they I always tell them please get event insurance so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so far (laughs) um all of my clients um are advised if you are planning a wedding you know this is just my answer if you're planning the wedding in the near short term or even in the long term event insurance is very inexpensive for a wedding it's like under a few hundred dollars it is like (laughs) will protect you uh, you know in the situation uh like this but a lot of couples um or people who are planning smaller events or Tara maybe you can talk about it as well because I know you plan some smaller events 
don't have event insurance um, and unfortunately you know there's not a ton to do after that so in the immediate short term um, advising my clients kind of you know look at your event insurance if you can claim force majeure it might you know be a way that you can activate some um, or even if you don't claim that you know um, but just look at your insurance contract and then for me you know it's really affecting my cash flow right a yeah. lot of my contracts are in dispute you know and so it's um, so you know I, I you know I'll be completely transparent um, I'm holding off on making any continuing payments so it's you know kind of going forward um, looking at you know canceling some subscription services and things like that because currently right now the immediate plan um, is preventing me from from making any buying decisions um, so that's kind of what I'm doing in the immediate uh, short term um, just delaying any large purchases seeing if I can get refunds for purchases that maybe haven't started yet um, mm -hmm. and hopefully you know trans or if not transferring those to to future kind of engagements and things like that so that I'm not um, stuck in the next couple months um, paying out things um, that I personally can't afford and and uh yeah so the cash flow piece is a really big consideration um and again because it's been so fast uh there's not like a <laughs> i might get all of my money but i might get it in like you know july so right. it's uh, definitely a consideration that i'm focusing on um and then also just you know emailing my my legal team my lawyer and if i you know if you don't have a lawyer like just you know autumn's a great one so <laughs> you know just seeing you know who you know that you can sort of just start making contact with building that network in a way so that you can protect yourself um and you know uh sussing that stuff out so in the immediate short term it's really just looking at my own insurance business excuse me my own uh, business insurance policy and see what accommodations that makes for lost revenue talking to my lawyer and seeing like you know what would it look like if i had to bankrupt the business um and then also like being focused on um you know how I could excuse me how I can turn this into an opportunity um, especially especially in the event space a lot of people like you know my client right now they're trying to figure out a way to you know do things online and they're sort of an antiquated industry they're in the academia and they are like not prepared for it don't know how to do it don't know how to use like this sort of technology that we're using right now zoom and and create you know schedules and things like that and that is you know a place that I have enough experience in where I could you know, potentially use that, you know, consult on virtual events. So thinking about, you know, launching some packages and reaching out to people in the immediate short term to kind of buffer the, the impact. Not to overstate it, but oh my goodness, on my Twitter feed, all of the professors that I know that are now looking to go online, Lauren, <laughs> based on that, You'll be good if you switch to that, even for the short term. <laughs> totally. Because so many people need help on that front. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, I think, um, while it's real, right now we're, you know, we are immersed in the, uh, immersed, I should say, in the panic of it all. But I think um, when we have a moment to breathe, we can also look at what are the creative opportunities and here I go back to the crash of 2008 and then remind people that all of, not all, but a good majority of the fintech apps that you use today are the result of the crash in 2008. And so there is space for innovation and creativity to stem from this. And it's just a matter of being able to weather the interim moment <laughs> or maybe just the current moment to get to that point. Yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting stuff coming down the line, um, which is where we will get to eventually in this conversation. I really want to end on an optimistic note, so I'm not, <laughs> not going to let us go there now. 
but I, I appreciate that teaser because I, I think that it's such an important piece of this. It's like we have we have this moment now to start looking at the future in a new way. Um, and I think so many of us are positioned well to get creative about that and to come up with some new ideas. Um, but Autumn, I want to hear from you too. What kind of planning or preparation are you doing for this short-term period um, and the impact that it's having on you and your clients? Yeah. So personally, you know, we're lucky in a lot of ways. Um, School was just canceled for the next two weeks for my kids. We run a virtual business, so I'm already working remotely. You know, we are well set up and well positioned to keep keep all the trains running on time. You know, I've got a couple college babysitters (laughs) lined up. Uh, because my work does not really allow me to do it if I've got kids running around screaming. Um, But we are definitely planning and looking at potentially having a downturn in the client work because Mm -hmm. legal is one of those things that may, you know, unless you're in a dispute or unless something is really bad, a lot of times people kind of let it wait until they've got time or resources to deal with it. It can sometimes be a nice to have type thing, especially the more proactive things that we work on, like trademark registrations. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we always have a big dip in the summer and I'm wondering if we're going to have a big dip in the next couple of months as a lot of our clients are small businesses just trying to keep the lights on and just like Lauren said, you know, prioritizing spending decisions, which totally makes sense. Um, so we are proactively, we, we work with a lot of, um, employers. So we do a lot of work on employment issues. And I think that there's going to be, again, not in a gross way, but there's going to be some opportunity. There's going to be people that need help figuring out how to take an in-person workforce remote or deal with, you know, sick leave. There's all these states and cities now that have paid sick leave requirements that people may not be aware of or complying with. Um, So I, you know, we're just trying to be, again, proactive, let our clients know that we're available. We have bandwidth. We are happy to help with some of these tricky issues and just be a support for them. And, you know, Again, like Lauren said, people dealing with canceling events, you know, I've been on the phone all day with clients trying to help them negotiate that. Um, So, you know, there will be some areas, you know, we may be doing more dispute resolution than we normally would, which is okay. Uh, But we're kind of battening the hashes. I I had planned on um, adding a new hire in the next month or two. Mm. And so that's pretty much on hold just because with the uncertainty, I don't want to add any anything to my expenses when, if I don't have to, and we may not need it, um, for a little bit. There's a lot of uncertainty, which uh, is no fun, but, um, you know, on the bright side, you know, I've been in business five years now, so it doesn't feel as catastrophic. You know, we've had ups and downs already. Um, we, we can do hard things. So yes, we can do hard things. And like Jaquette, I'm looking at my bank account, I'm looking at my runway. I'm, I'm looking at where we might have access to, you know, loans or other things if we need them. Hopefully we won't, but, um, you know, yeah, looking at all the options. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that piece because, Lauren, I mean, you were very upfront and mentioned potential bankruptcy. Not that that's going to happen to you, but you mentioned it as like, a, that's a thing. It's, and it, it, there will be businesses that end up going through bankruptcy. Um, you know, I heard someone say even, maybe it was a podcast I was listening to, like, will South By ever happen again? Like, they laid off a third of their workforce. How do you like? How do you even turn the corner from this? I hope they do. It's a great event, and we got like let's start thinking long term, even in the midst of this uncertainty as well. Um, Jaquette, can you speak to kind of that long term financial planning that we should be thinking about in terms of kind of weathering? the ups and downs that we are going to, that we're in the midst of really. So I think to piggyback um, a little bit on what Autumn mentioned in terms of, you know, not making any major purchases or even what Lauren mentioned too. 
um, protecting your cash flow. It also may mean um, looking at your business model and thinking about if you were to scale it down to its bare bone, like if you only had to offer one thing, what would that one thing be? And how would you be able to do it in such a way that you can generate the revenue that you need? And even in this challenging time, because this is to me like a stress test, if you will, even in this challenging time, you know, how can you uh, think about not just the revenue that you need for your business to generate, but so that it also is paying you <laughs> mm-hmm. what you need? Because sometimes we just think about what does the business need, but we don't think about that in the context of what the business needs to pay you, <laughs> you know, because you're always like, oh, I'll, I'll sacrifice in some way, shape or form. So I think the best way to prepare for the the long term is to actually think about if right now you scaled back to the bare minimum, what would that look like? And perhaps not so much think about long term in terms of five years, but you know, as sometimes we talk about within the what ner- what works network, think about long term perhaps maybe in as you know long term as. 90 days from now. Mm. Because when we think about how quickly things changed within the last 10 days, things may significantly change in the next 90 days. And so how do you um, use what you have control over in the short term to kind of shape that long term, but don't make long term years from now, make long term, even if it's just 90 days into the future? Yeah. I want to talk about the emotional impact of this for a bit too, and how you guys are planning or thinking through that right now. Um, and the reason I'm following up a financial conversation with that is because, Jaquette, when you're saying, you know, like looking at your business model and paring it down to that one thing that you could do with the leanest way you could run your business, for a lot of us, that means potentially letting people go right? People that we are paying the bills for. And even Mm -hmm. like the idea of canceling subscriptions or putting Mm -hmm. off purchases, that has real human impacts. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have all you three on is because I know you're not only thinking about the business side of things, but you're also so thoughtful about the human side of things. I would say that for me, part of it is really being honest about what I'm feeling. So for example, (laughs) The last couple of days, I have felt like a deer in headlights. It's not that I wasn't taking this seriously, but I don't think the magnitude of it hit me until a couple of things. New York State and New York City declared a state of emergency. And as crazy as this sounds, when the NBA canceled the season until further notice, that's when I was like, whoa. (laughs) Absolutely. This really took on a bit of significance. And then compound that with, you know, going to some of my neighborhood stores and things just being completely sold out and lines being really long. That's when on a more personal level, the angst started bubbling up. And so I think a part of our job is to be honest with ourselves about what's bubbling up for us. How do those concerns, you know, reveal themselves both in terms of our personal lives and in terms of our business so that we can be even that much more, I think, sensitive to what our clients may be going through Mm -hmm. Um, and recognize that, yeah, we may be having a conversation that is addressing a lot of the mechanical things that go along with business, 
but to recognize that there is absolutely an emotional element to it all. And like, there's no decision that any of us are in the process of making or will have to make that doesn't also include dealing with our own emotions and as well as the emotions that are of the people that are on the other side of that decision. I'm so glad I've been in therapy for the last five years. <laughs> yeah. So part of it is like, you know, the calling on a lot of the tools that I have like built in the last couple of years, particularly, I'll be honest, working with a therapist about emotional resiliency um, and talk, you know, and just thinking about, you know, I, I, I feel very deeply for, um, you know, anyone that this situation uh, affects and part of that also is myself. And so, you know, again, I think it's really easy, especially as business owners to be like, I got to take care of everybody else. And the reality is like the best thing that you can do is take care of yourself so that you can take care of everybody else. And so for me, a lot of it is thinking about, you know, like, what do I need to do? What do I need to, you know, pull back on doing? What do I need to focus on? What do I need to, um, to make, to do, to keep myself kind of like moving forward? So I'm still like working out every day. I'm still like, doing business as usual, um, while also like making those bite-sized decisions in terms of, you know, what's that look like for my, you know, contractors and the people that I pay and what does that look like for myself? Um, yeah, it's tough. And again, like autumn, you know, I've been in business for almost six years. And so the, I've learned a lot of the lessons, but I, you know, if I were a year, two, three in business, it would be a very different story in terms of, um, going through hard things and not having the experience and, you know, sort of the spiraling. The one thing that, you know, that I am sort of taking into all this and my dad has been in business, he's been an entrepreneur for years and years and I'm so lucky to, to have him be a part of my life. But, you know, every time I go through a business challenge, he always says like, at least you didn't have to spend two years and $160,000 to learn it in business school. You're just learning it now. Um, he's like, it's the cheapest, you know, cheapest lesson you'll ever learn. And so I think, you know, with the possibility of potentially like, you know, stop, you know, pivoting or, or taking a big step back or, you know, trying to, you know, run out some of my contracts or whatever. Um, there's a part of me that's like, this is not my fault, right? This is not about me as a human being a bad human or not good at business or whatever. This is a result of, um, the, you know, just circumstances outside of my control. And the only thing that I can do as a business owner is, uh, maintain sort of some of the resiliency and the level-headedness that has gotten me this far and knowing that like oh my gosh the last six years I've built so many skills that you know if I have to take a job if I have to pivot my business I'm so much more equipped to do that um, than I was six years ago and what a blessing the last six years have been for me to kind of you know learn those things um, due to my own kind of like you know self uh, you know self-teaching so that's kind of what's going through my mind right now and sort of like you know salving the wounds a little bit, but, um, I do, I am like very optimistic about what it's going to look like in six months. Um, and I think that that's, you know, just a, a product of all of the training I've been doing for the last six years as a business owner and in therapy. So <laughs> I would, I would say if as an events man, uh, organizer, you are optimistic about what things are going to look like in six months, I feel that makes me feel infinitely better. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. I just think that we're all going to have to pivot in some way and like, oh my gosh, how fun is that going to be to like really like dig into those scrappy skills that maybe we haven't been digging into for the last couple of years. Autumn, what kind of emotional impact are, are you dealing with? How are you thinking through this right now from, from that side of things? So I am a high fact finder. 
in, yes. in whatever test that is. I can't remember which one. Um, but I like my favorite thing to do is read and just listen to podcasts. And so I had a really quiet, like light meeting day yesterday. And I spent almost the whole day just reading articles, listening to podcasts. And I was, I kind of went down the rabbit hole. And I, at the end of the day, I felt terrible. Mm. And I sat down on my computer. I was like, I've just got to get some work. And I immediately felt lighter. And I was like, okay, like you've got to stop this. You cannot go down this rabbit hole. And I, frankly, I remember, even though I was much younger, feeling the same way after 9-11, like I just couldn't turn the TV on. And I kind of just had to tune it out a little bit because I do find that I, I become very reactive and it just kind of sidelines me from what I really need to be doing. So um, I am really trying to focus um, on business as usual. I did a yoga workout at home today. I missed my beloved group fitness class that I usually do on Friday mornings because I felt like it was probably for the best. Um, and I'm going to have a bunch of crazy children that are inside <laughs> because we're supposed to have rain for the next 10 days. And I am not a teacher for a reason, uh, but we, you know, we're going to do the best we can. I'm going to try to keep putting one foot in front of the other and just really focus on where I can be productive, where I can actually be doing things that are helpful. You know, I've reached out to a lot of clients proactively and just said, Hey, I'm not trying to get more work, but like, if you need help, I'm here to be helpful. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the more that I can be talking to people and, and just being helpful, um, I think will, will help keep me out of that rabbit hole of despair and fear yeah. and all the bad feelings that, um, you know, this is all out of my control. I can't do anything about it anyway. So it's not helpful to dwell on it. Yeah. I think that, and, and Lauren, you said, you know, just remembering this is not my fault is exactly where I am as well. It's like, okay, I've got to make some hard choices. I've got to disappoint some people and I know it's not my fault. They know it's not my fault. And if I can step up in that choice and create new opportunities out of that, create new experiences out of that, create new connections for people, then not only am I doing my my quote unquote doing my best. I think I'm doing better than my best. Like I'm, I'm turning something that could be awful into something really positive. And there's something to be, there's something really grounding in that. And then, and Autumn, what you said too, about like just reaching out to people and being of service. Like there's, we, my whole morning meeting this morning, in addition to, yes, some, you know, um, you know, just contingency planning and thinking through how we're, how are we going to do something differently? the rest of the meeting was all about what else are we going to do? We're in this extremely unique position where we can be, we have a huge amount of capacity that we do not use on a regular basis. How can we start using that capacity to, to meet needs that have maybe not been there before, or maybe these needs have always been there and people right. didn't realize it. And now right. we have the chance to step in and step up and say, how can we help? Or these are our ideas for helping. Come collaborate with us. Let's make them better. Um, and so in that way, it's really exciting. On the flip side of that, I, my emotional impact of this has reached today, uh, to the, today especially, has just hit a new peak in not a great way. <laughs> like I'm constantly bouncing back between optimistic and look at the opportunities and I am going to rise to this occasion and oh, holy shit, what is going on? I mean, you guys know me well enough, I think, that when I say that driving home from the gym this morning, and I was totally wrong, but I, the school's 
parking lots were empty and I thought our school district had closed schools. Um, I don't follow our school district because my daughter's in a different school district. So I know I knew her schools were closed, which also hit me. Um, but my, I didn't know ours were, they're not actually. But I started getting weepy in the car and I'm like, I don't react emotionally to things like this. What is happening? But that's like just how full up I am of stress and anxiety and concern and uncertainty. And it was a real, it was very eye opening. Like, oh, Tara, you need, you need to like make some space here or you're going to have a real problem in the, cause it, this is, this isn't over. This is the beginning. So what are you going to do about that? Um, okay. Well, I want to get to opportunities here and I'm looking at the time and I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time, but I do want to quick veer into fears, not because I, I want to do any fear mongering, obviously. Um, but because I think we are feeling fear, um, at varying levels. And I'm curious if you guys could articulate that for us a little bit and just acknowledge that a little bit for us. Jaquette, you're, you're nodding. So I'll start with you. <laughs> Where's fear coming up for you right now? For me, my fear is what if my coaching pipeline completely dries up? Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> So that's where the fear is coming up for me. Um, and, you know, having to rethink maybe the dinner series, you know, I, the next one is supposed to be uh, the 20, the 20, no, the 30th. By then, will things have calmed down? Will, will people feel comfortable or not? And, you know, maybe I, experiment was doing it online. We've never done an online dinner before, but you know, maybe that's an option. But the biggest concern for me is uh, if my coaching pipeline drives up, like what then? Yeah. Autumn? Yeah. Similarly, um, we've made some big investments this year and um, in some marketing initiatives, we were supposed to have a big launch in early April. And I'm now kind of thinking, should I, should we rethink that? I don't know. Um, so that, you know, that's the fear. And, and also, um, my, my mom, my parent, both my parents and my in-laws are in their seventies and, Mm. um, in varying degrees of at risk for if they get this. Mm. So, um, and they're often our backups for childcare. Mm. So, um, I don't want to put them at risk of my little germ carriers potentially having this and not knowing it. Um, so that, that is a concern. My dad's going through cancer treatments right now. He's fine, but um, it's like, it could just be devastating if any of them yeah. get it. So I'm trying to take all the precautions we can because, you know, they can't as much Yep. Yeah. So business and personal. Yeah. Lauren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, certainly tons of fears around the business. Um, and that, you know, um, and I will say like, you know, Tara and, and some of you might know I've had been in the middle of a business pivot, not in the middle, in the beginning stages of a business pivot. And I was like, Oh, this is a kick out of the nest. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, okay, I guess this is the universe telling me something. Um, 
But also personally, you know, my partner had just drove to Portland, Oregon to drop him off. He just moved to start an engineering job in Vancouver, Washington, and brand new two weeks. And, you know, I own my house here. And my plan was I'll finish all my events and then I'll move out there. And, um, and so now I think personally for me, especially kind of with you know, there's, there's a lot of contingency plan making a lot of, you know, we're supporting two households right now. Um, I don't know if moving is the best option. We don't know what his job's going to look like. So there's all kinds of things that like are, um, are feeling. And as the one in my relationship as an event planner, I'm the one who's the more kind of like logistical plan maker. And he's kind of like, this is fine. This is like not going to affect us at all. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. And so I think for me, it feels a little lonely to kind of be the one who is really a like hit, you know, most aware of what's happening and kind of the situation. And then also like making three, six, 12 month contingency plans for the two of us, for my business, for his business, for for his work, um, where we live, how we like, you know, do our expenses, things like that. Um, Feels a little lonely and feels really hard. And the other part of me is like, how great that other people in as business owners, like get a little bit of a head start. If you, you know, if you take it seriously, like this is a moment where you could, you know, sort of something that could be like devastating um, could also be, um, you know, if you prepare for the worst and nothing happens, all you have done is prepared. And so I, I highly encourage anyone who's um, even the slightest bit concerned uh to just start making some three six 12 month contingency plans because best case you don't ever have to use them yeah well that's a good segue lauren what are you excited about opportunity wise or what do you see as the opportunity here oh goodness (laughs) i mean for years i've been like you know oh man when do i not have to wake up at 6 a.m for events anymore and i'm like well maybe it's 2020 um yeah So a very immediate opportunity for you is more sleep. (laughs) Sleeping. (laughs) Um, You know, I do think, you know, I think this is, you know, I get to pull from all of those like scrappy skills that I learned back at like, you know, six, seven years ago when I was just starting freelancing and knew nothing. You know, it was like I had to do all these things that were out of my comfort zone. And it's so funny that Jaquette's like, you know, just email all these professors. And I'm like, email professor. You know, literally, it's just like, what can I do to sort of position myself? What resources do I have um, to start positioning myself as someone who has like really great experience that I've learned, um, not just in events, but in, you know, like communication and triage. And um, I actually did work in business continuity for nine months. So I'm like, oh yeah, I could talk to people about event, you know, event continuity, things like that. How can I help people bring their events online? What softwares can I recommend? What companies can I reach out to for partnerships um, in the immediate short term that may not result in anything today, but in six months mm-hmm. or three months might be, um, something that is, uh, something that's super viable and, and, and really lucrative. So I think, um, you know, just pulling out those skills that I haven't used, I have to dust them off, you know, being scrappy and entrepreneurial, but, uh, so I'm excited to do that again. And, um, you know, I'm not, I wasn't prepared, but now it's, you know, it's like, uh, like anything else, it's, you know, an opportunity and I can choose whether or not I just like fade into the couch and watch a bunch of Netflix or <laughs> really just start, you know, making small, tiny steps um, into the into the short-term future. 
Autumn, what do you see as the opportunity right now for you? Law is a very old school business and uh, a lot of people are very resistant to change and resistant to to technology. And so um, having already done all the hard work of setting up all of our systems and processes and, you know, I meet with a client maybe twice a month in person. Um, I'm, I'm on Zoom all day long and, you know, we trade documents seamlessly and all of that. I'm hoping that that will become an advantage um, that, you know, maybe sets us apart. We're also pretty quick. You know, I'm not trying to figure all this out in the middle of a crisis. You know, we're already up and running. So it's kind of business as usual, which I'm hoping will be an advantage. Um, I'm a little worried because I had hoped that some of the in-person events that I had planned um, would be, you know, client generators because Mm -hmm. there's nothing that beats being in a room. But a lot of those are moving online. So I'm even thinking, you know, do I start a webinar series? And maybe we do one a week. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there, there's a lot of options and um, we have a lot that we can be helpful with right now that I think people are hungry for. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to think about how we can take our expertise and get it out to people in different ways. Chiquette, what do you see as the opportunity for you? Before I share what I think is the opportunity for me or see as the opportunity for me, I would love for people that are listening, if you feel like you didn't prepare for this, please don't beat yourself up. Yes. <laughs> please don't beat yourself up for it. Right. Um, and just think about, okay, I didn't prepare for this, but what can I do now? And so one of the questions that I would offer in that regard is to ask yourself, where can you be more resourceful? And that's one of the questions that I'm asking myself, where can I be more resourceful? And, you know, like Autumn was saying, looking at different ways of connecting with people, Maybe it, I don't do webinars, but maybe that's something that I ought to explore and do more of. Um, and also perhaps looking at different collaborations. So maybe the webinar isn't just about what I bring to the table, but how that might complement another skill set. So maybe, maybe Autumn and I should do something together. I don't know. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Right. (laughs) But like just be uh, tapping back into that creativity. Like how can I get calm enough so that I can ask myself the question of where can I be more resourceful and where can I be more creative and where can I perhaps create something that's unexpected? Mm Mm-hmm. Autumn, Jaquette, Lauren, thank you so much for diving into this with me on very, very late notice. Uh, with <laughs> Autumn, it was even less than 24 hours. <laughs> so well, I keep I, my Fridays open. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so appreciative. I'm sure everyone listening is so appreciative. Um, I just, for all of you, I mean, like I said before, and I'm, I'll say it again, I wanted you guys here because I know you are thoughtful, smart, experienced, savvy people who are looking at this from both a business side and a human side of things. And I appreciate so much your honesty and your transparency throughout this conversation and the humanity of it all. So thank you all for that. Thanks again to Jaquette Timmons, Autumn Whit-Boyd, and Lauren Caselli. You'll find links to them in our show notes. Now, wherever you're listening, please know that we're thinking about you. And if there's a subject that you're especially interested in hearing about on the podcast right now, please reach out and let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Tara underscore McMullen. Or you can shoot me a message on Twitter where I'm still at Tara Gentilly. 
What Works is going to be rolling out some free public opportunities to connect and, and learn over the next few weeks. But in the meantime, we've opened the What Works Network to new members and extended a 30-day free trial to anyone who is looking for somewhere to get support on navigating the business side of things and process the human side of things as well. You can find out more about the What Works Network and how to join us at explorewhatworks.com slash network. Now, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming on Tuesday. In the meantime, stay safe and wash your hands.